ordained to be a shepherd and servant, and who now has been appointed as scribing of the International Communion of the Charismatic Episcopal Church, Territory of Asia, how do you desire to be recognized and invested in this holy office? Before I can speak to you, we might be four by appointed representative of the patriarch council of the International Communion of the Charismatic Episcopal Church, that you will be receiving as a duly appointed client. We are ready and willing to do so. As a member of the Patriarch's Council, I certify that Ricardo Alvarez was duly appointed primate of the International Communion of the Charismatic Episcopal Church, Territory of Asia, by the Patriarch. And with the consent of the Council Assembly on the 27th day of April, 2017, we therefore present to you the most reverend Ricardo Alvarez to be invested in the exercise of the office which he has been chosen. That the will of the people here present be made known. Do you recognize that and receive Ricardo Alvarez as your final? Yes. Will you uphold him in this ministry? Yes. Let us now offer our prayer for Ricardo Alvarez, for the Church of God, and for all of God's We praise you, Lord Christ, for the Holy Church of God, that she may be filled with truth and love, and be found without fault at the day of your coming. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord for all members of your church and their vocation and ministry, that they may serve you in a true and godly life. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord for all bishops, priests, and deacons, that they may be filled with your love, may hunger for your truth, and may thirst after righteousness. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord Those who have lost their faith, 
that they may receive the light of the gospel. We pray to you, O Lord. For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples. We pray to you, O Lord. For those in positions of public trust, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person. We pray to you, O Lord. For a blessing upon all human labor and for the right use of the riches of creation, that the world may be freed from poverty, famine, and disaster. We pray to you, O Lord. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected. We pray to you, Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves to one another and all our life to Christ our God. The God of unchangeable power and eternal life. Look favorably upon thy holy church, that wonderful and sacred history, and by the tranquil operation of thy providence, carry out the words of man's salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which have grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought under the protection of him through whom all things were made. Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. My brother, it has pleased God to call you to, the, to be the shepherd and king pastor of the International Communion of the Charismatic Episcopal Church Territory of Asia. I'm sure that long before now you have laid in part of the high trust and weighty obligations of the gospel. But in order that this congregation may know your commitment to fulfill this trust, I call upon you to reaffirm the promises you made when you were ordained and consecrated official. Will you exercise your ministry in obedience to Christ? I will obey in Christ and will serve in his May you be faithful in prayer and in the study of the Holy Scripture, that you may have the mind of Christ. I will, for he is my help. Will you boldly proclaim and interpret the gospel of Christ, enlightening the minds and stirring up the conscience of your people? I will, in the power of the Spirit. As chief pastor, priest, and pastor, will you encourage and support all baptized people with their gifts and ministries? Nourish them from the riches of God's grace. Pray for them without ceasing and celebrate with them the sacrament of our redemption. I will, in the name of Christ, the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Will you guard the faith, unity, and discipline of the church? I will, for the love of God. Will you share with your fellow bishop in the government of the whole church? Will you sustain your fellow presbyters and take counsel with them? Will you guide and strengthen the deacon? All others administer in this church. I will by the grace given to me. Will you be merciful to all, show compassion to the poor and stranger, and defend those who have no welcome? 
I will for the sake of Jesus Christ. May the Lord, who has given you the will to do these things, give you the grace and the power to perform that. Amen. My brother, you have been recognized as a bishop in the Church of God and have been called by him to serve as the primate of the communion of the charismatic Christian Church territory of Asia. Now I, pray to be based on the authority committed to be as patriarch of this communion, and with the consent of council, to invest and install you with hard operating as the primate of the international communion of the charismatic Christian Church territory of Asia, with all the rights and responsibilities that pertain to that office. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And as a sign of my commitment to you, my affection for you, I give you this gift. I, Ricardo Arcanas, Bishop in the Church of God. Now, beauty, soul, and knowledge is private of the International Community of the Charismatic Episcopal Church. Territory of Asia, you solemnly promise that I will observe, and to the utmost of my power to fulfill the responsibilities and obligations of this office, striving in all things to be seen and to be a faithful shepherd to the flock of Jesus Christ. So help me God. Amen. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. become 
I didn't grow up in an evangelical tradition, but when I started hanging around with evangelicals, I learned that you have to have a life first. So that, that's my life first. And I want to speak in a little bit over Archbishop Alcaraz today. What a special day, special event in the life of our community. What a special event, what a special day it is in the life of the church in the Philippines and throughout all Asia. What a special and glorious event it is for this diocese. Never, never, I'm sure, did you all think that this awesome responsibility would be thrust upon you. What a special event in the life of this cathedral. And what a great job you've done fixing it up, celebrating this. And what a special day it is in the life of Archbishop Ricardo Alvarez. It's a good day. This is the day the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. It amazes me, constantly amazes me, how what life can bring your way when you decide to follow Jesus. What a journey. You know, I committed my life to the Lord in, in uh, 1978 in, uh, in 420 West 20th Street in New York City, apartment 2E. Early in the morning, watching the 700 Club. And at that moment, the love of God was poured into my heart by the Holy Spirit that He'd been given me. And that love that Paul would later write, as the Holy Spirit pours that love in your heart, it builds up hope inside of you, and that hope never disappoints you. And all I've done and tried to do is, in following Jesus, is to go around the world now, but just then, go with everybody I need and tell them how much God loves them. And that God's not angry with them. And he wants to draw them closer and closer into that love. And just doing that has led me to some amazing places. I first came to the Philippines in uh, 1990 with Bishop Phil Weeks. Some of you know Bishop Phil Weeks. He was then Canon Weeks. And we were both in the Episcopal Church, and um, he did a lot of work among the uh, Philippine Independent Church and uh, mission work. He said, come over here, he had a great love for the Philippines. And I came over with him, I had known him quite a while, and he kept begging me to come over, and, uh, and I said, okay. And I was a young man, and uh, we hit the road running, and it was just like, we went to, uh, we were in Cebu and Limery, Gay, Givers, uh, all throughout southern Mindanao, Zimbabwe, in two weeks. You know, there's, a, there's a massive preaching, ministering, uh, and then finally ended up one day in Manila. 
I think we fifth to get his bathroom, we could have a shower. And, uh, and get, before we got on for the short plane flight back home to New York. And it was a special time and in my life. It was a time that impacted me spiritually and emotionally. And, um, but I thought and really believed that would be the last time I would ever, ever come to the Philippines. You know, it'd be like a short-term mission trip, and I'd be thankful for it. And never, never in, in my wildest imagination did I think I'll go back to the Philippines. But you know, God has plans that are bigger than your imagination. You know, that it says you, you can't even know. I said last night, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered the heart of man. Do you know God's plan is not in your heart? Now when people say to search your heart, that's, that's really stupid. You search God's heart. There's a plan for your life is in God's heart. And if you begin to search that, you start to figure out that not only was that not the last time I would come to the Philippines, in the last three or four years, I've been here two, three times a year to visit with you. And I began to see God's plan just a natural thing to get to take hold. And not knowing what it was, but all along the way, knowing that all we have to do is say yes when God asks us to do something. And there's moments in our lives, each one of our lives, there's these moments that you didn't plan, you didn't make happen, you didn't design them. I never sought to be the patriarch of this CEC. When I was ordained as a young man, 30 years old, all I wanted to be was a parish priest and just serve a small little parish. And I was happy doing that. I also didn't plan to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know, I didn't even know what it was. And all of a sudden that happened, and then here I am today. But what God did all along the way in each one of our lives, because how many know God is working in your life? And the good thing that God's begun in you, he's going to bring it to completion. And there are seasons when it doesn't seem like he's working. Doesn't seem he's doing it, but he is. He's actually preparing you for something greater. And sometimes in those seasons, it seems things even seem to get worse. One of the things I learned is, you know, sometimes people come up to me and they'll go, Bishop, I don't know what's happening. I'm praying, I'm tithing, I'm reading my Bible, and yet everything's being taken away from me. I've lost my job, lost friends, I've lost my home, I've lost everything. What? I don't know what's wrong, but I go, God's answering your prayer. And they look at me and say, what do you mean? I said, I bet you one time, I'm going to ask you, you prayed this prayer. Lord, all I want is you. <laughs> Amen? And he's answering your prayers. 
Because you really don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's when you learn. You see, you learn that Jesus is your provider when you have nothing. You learn that Jesus is your healer when you're sick. You, you learn that Jesus can do the impossible only by being in an impossible situation. Now you can believe about it, you know, you hear somebody else's healing, but you don't know healing until it's your healing. And then it never ever goes away. And God moves in you even deeper and deeper and deeper. See? So sometimes it's a good place to be at I don't know. Or I don't understand. As long as you never give up on knowing that God is with you. See, that's where God works. God works in looking for faithful people. He's not looking for, for people who have ability. He's looking for people who are going to believe his word and act on his word. He's looking for people who aren't great scholars necessarily or or great entrepreneurs or great he's just looking for someone who trusts in him completely for everything and when we're faithful in that one little thing god opens the door to the next thing he's working on in our lives and every one of us is being asked about that are you faithful in what's going. Not asking you to be faithful in what I'm doing. He's not asking you to be faithful in what the pastor down the street is doing, the mega church guy is doing. He's asking you, with the people that he's given you, priest, with the priest he's given to the bishops and the day, are you faithful? Day after day after day, saying yes to God, looking for no reward. And that's where things begin to grow in each of us. See, we all have faith. It's whether we're going to use it or not. Because the way you grow in faith is using your faith. That's how you grow in faith. Every time you put a tithe in, your faith is increasing for a thing that God has for you to do. And so it grows. And what I know is that Bishop Dick, having really got to know him over the last four or five years, is he's a faithful man. He never sought this office, never sought any position. He just wanted to hear the voice of the Lord. But God had been doing that in his life for decades now. And he's still going to continue to do it. But above all, faith is not about faith. Faith is about a person. We have faith in a person. Mark's going to write, believe, have faith in God. Not have faith. It says have faith in God. Faith is relationship work. You know, it's, it's like I have faith in my wife. Hopefully she has faith in me. And I have faith in my wife because I know who she is. 
I know her values. No, we've been, we've been together 46 years, and if some of you have been here married that long, you know that when you're married that long, you can have a conversation without saying a word. <laughs> I'm serious. We walk in, we meet somebody new, we just kind of look at each other, and she automatically knows whether I like the person or not, or if I'm uncomfortable. Why? Because we've talked a lot in over 46 years. I know how she thinks about things. I know I can guarantee you how she's going to react. Because she's faithful. She's faithful to the word. And I hope, again, that's the same way with me. We've built something. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. So it is with God. And what God says to us is God is faithful. God doesn't lie. God doesn't deceive. God doesn't trick. God gives his word and he's faithful to his word. The question is, are we going to be faithful? No, God wants to put his faith in us. God wants to trust you, each one of us, and Bishop, Archbishop, and the bishops, and the priest. He's trusting us with the future of a movement of God that we know as the charismatic Episcopal Church. And the question is, are we going to be faithful? Not whether other people are faithful. It doesn't matter. There are people who will be unfaithful. They'll leave. They'll walk away. We don't have to hate them. We don't have to say nasty things about them. We don't have to accuse them. We don't have to. Maybe they're being faithful to what God is telling them to do. But what I know is God called me here, and I'm not leaving. God hasn't changed his mind. God hasn't changed his plan. He never said it was going to be easy. And the reason for that is, the reason ultimately we can have faith in God is that God loves us. God loves you. An archbishop remembered that. Get that deep down inside that God loves you. And you can't make him stop loving you. Doesn't matter what you do, he's not going to stop loving you. And there, but there's also nothing you can do to make him love you more. So stop working so hard. <laughs> you just do what God's put in front of you. Because God loves you. You know, I've traveled around the world and I've been asking people this question. Why did Jesus come? And I, you know, and I won't do it here, but you know, I do it with clergy Latin. Uh, well, he came to forgive our sins. I said, no, he didn't. He's, he will forgive our sins. Amen? Well, go, well, he came to heal us. No, nope, that's not why he came. He will heal us. Anybody here been healed by Jesus like me? Physical healing? Well, he, he came to, you know, restore us. No. He'll do that, but that's not why he came. John 3.16 tells us why he came. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus came because the Father loves us. Overwhelmingly loves us. That's the story of Christmas. The story is, is about God's love that the Father loves us so much that he became us. 
In every way, God became us, not to be us, but becoming us. God became an embryo. God became a baby. God wore a diaper. God got hungry and had to be fed by his mother. God became a little boy and ran and tripped and fell and scuffed his knees and his arms. God grew up in a home where he was to see his father die and he would become the breadwinner for the family, from the trade that he learned from his dad. Now, what was Jesus doing for 30 years? Here's what I think he was doing. He was taking care of his mother. He was taking care of his stepbrothers and stepsisters because he was the oldest and he watched out for them. And he worked hard and if Jesus had calluses on his hands. Jesus knew what it was like to be poor. Jesus knew what it was like to have nothing, not even a place to lay his head. God knew that. God knew how to be loved and how to love. God knew how to be hated, to be betrayed, to be rejected. He knew all of that. He loved us so much that he became us. He became human. And he died on the cross as a human. And he felt the pain of everything, of suffering. And he died alone. God knows loneliness. And I'm seated on the throne in heaven today is a God who's human and is drawing us to himself, who wants to be with us. And how he's doing that is he's making us more human. He's not making us less human and turning us into like spiritual ghosts. He's making us more human. He's showing us how to love and how to be loved, how to forgive and how to receive forgiveness, how to hope and how to dream. And those are all human things. We need to be more human. We need to be the best of humanity. And when we sin, what is sin? Sin makes us less human. It tears down our dignity. And we're called to exalt what it means. And we as the church are to go into the world and show them what it is to be really human what it is to be loved by God, what that's like. With all our mistakes and all our weaknesses and all our stuff, God still loves us, still loves us, and is still empowering us. God's moving around the world, and this event tonight, this event, is important not just for the Philippines, it's important for Africa. Archbishop will sit on the Patriarch's Council and speak not just for the Philippines, he'll speak into Africa and into, he'll speak into South America, he'll speak into Europe, he'll speak into the United States, he'll speak into India, and he'll bring a voice from God, from a powerful church here in Asia. 
So God's moving in this place tonight. He's showing us what unity looks like. He's showing us in unity in the installation of Archbishop, who wasn't, wasn't chosen because he was better than everybody else. <laughs> he was chosen because the bishops recognized God had called him to do it. They didn't pick him because he never makes mistakes. They didn't pick him because he's the best pastor that ever walked the face of the earth. No, they picked him because God chose him. And God's appointing him to bear fruit. The kind of fruit that will endure. He's showing us and the bishops here unity. Bishops that are men who can face a hard time and survive with faith in God. That's the kind of men that are leading your church. And behind them are women who are faithful, who pray for their husbands and their children. God's showing us that. God's showing the unity in the clergy that we can come together and not gossip about each other. And we can laugh and dance and celebrate in the midst of hard times. And when the times get tough, we'll pull together. He's showing unity in this congregation who's come out to say yes and amen. God isn't finished with us. The best days are ahead of us. The best things are yet to be seen because the love of God has been poured into our heart. And he's showing us most importantly that our unity is found in bread and in wine. In a few moments, Jesus will come back again. He'll be really present in bread and wine. And when we receive that, when we make a manger with our hands or receive them on our tongues, we'll receive Jesus inside of us, transforming us. This cathedral is being set aside uniquely to be a sign of unity in South in Asia. To be a place where Jesus is lifted up, because he's ultimately our unity. And if we can leave anything here tonight to remember that, that tonight, although we're going to celebrate our Archbishop installation, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus in our hearts. It's about Jesus in the midst of us. It's about the Jesus that we need to spread and make known to everyone around us. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for letting me talk with you.